Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature audio from Brothers of the Brush with Chris Kerfoot. In this episode, Chris sits down with Jack Woolerton of JGW Painting based out of Sydney, Australia. They discuss the notorious work-life balance, stumping up wages when cash flow is suffering, and the importance of building relationships. This episode is sponsored by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. So... On this week's episode, we have another one from Down Under. We have Jack Walterton, based over in Sydney. How are we doing, Jack? Good, thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good, no probs. Let's just cut straight to Chase. You've got your own podcast. Let's get a cheeky plug in for it. <laughs> thank you, Chris. It's called the Lead Poison Podcast, and it's uh, it's all about uh, people and, and paint, basically. Yeah, it's not just painters and decorators paint. It's anybody that handles paint. Anyone that handles paint. So we're only early on in the uh, in the podcast. So I've had two guests so far, um, and I've got a couple more lined up. But artists, painters, and decorators um, looking at getting some people that are involved in the business side of things in terms of uh, painting and decorating as well. So not necessarily painters themselves, but anyone's lives who is uh, revolved around paint or has some involvement in paint. Yeah, I tell you, it'll be a good one. Kate Whitson. Don't know if you've come across her. No, she has a company called Whitson's. They do. I know. Um... Dope. Adam does it. The polished plaster. Okay. She does all decorative effects and she produces her own now. She'd be good to get on. You guys. Yeah, right on. Yeah, based yeah, up in Scotland over here. But yeah, yeah uh, we'll do. Kate, Kate's good. Kate, she's, what she doesn't know about paint isn't worth knowing. If you want to yeah, know right. what's in paint, you ask Kate because she knows every ingredient in it. Very knowledgeable woman. She's a good laugh as well. If you get her a, when she's had a couple of drinks of wine, she'll be, she'll be a good laugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> eh? All right. I'll take note of that. So, Who's in the Walterton household? Well, I've got me, obviously, and then I've got the missus and um, two kids. I've got a girl, five-year-old girl, uh, and a three-year-old son. Yeah. So, obviously, you're Aussie through and through. You're not an expat that's gone over that way. No, no. I was born in Perth in in Western Australia. Yeah. Um, And I moved over to to Sydney early on when I was about 10. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You never fancied coming this way? (laughs) <laughs> I have for sure. <laughs> My, yeah, yeah, exactly. We were talking about the rain before, and that's a, something about Australia that's obviously you know amazing is the weather and the beaches and everything. But uh, my father's from um, Slough, and I've often thought of uh, getting over there and, and everything like that. But obviously, that's not happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's going anywhere, are they? No. So, have you no. you guys had it pretty rough? In I mean, pre-record, you were saying you guys are late to party and you thought you were sort of clear. It's, it's yeah, there was a period in it. There was a period in 2020 there where um, we sort of thought that we were 
out of the out of the woods and everything was fine. None of the construction industry had to stop working. Um, and COVID sort of came and went. Obviously, it's it's never going to go away. It's probably going to be around for forever. But you know, we we didn't really get hit that hard um, in terms of working and things like that. But more recently, we've had lockdowns where construction industry was put on hold for two weeks, um, so no one could work, and that that was fine and everything like that. I'm sure it was hard for some people, but now it's beginning to drag on a little bit, and we're only just getting back to work. So I've had uh, probably. Six weeks off, I think. Yeah. Um, just getting back into it and sort of getting the wheels into motion again. And now we're required to have vaccinations and permits to drive and, and things like that. So Absolutely, it yeah. seems like this is probably our turn to have the the brunt of the yeah. COVID situation. Did you get any help off government monetary-wise? Yeah. So they brought out a few um, financial assistance programs that uh, some people were struggling to get those over the line. Yeah. Uh, it took me about five weeks to get any money off the government, but you know I'm grateful that that we have a government that offers any money in the first place. I'm sure there's a lot of countries that don't. Um, yeah, yeah you know, we, don't had, help, we had some help help government. It was it yeah. was a mess, but you know it's you can't win them all. Cast mm. net, you're going to catch some and not others. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So so basically back up to speed, but it's like New Zealand. I mean, I don't want to get into too COVID because everyone has their opinion, but New Zealand mm. seems to handle it well at first. And just shut everything down instantly, but you don't hear anything of other countries, like we said pre-record. What's mm. happening? So I don't even know how it's going over there now. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, you you, you don't hear a lot about other countries, and um, I guess when it can't, it, it only starts to. I really started paying attention when it started affecting my life. Yeah, you know, the first sort of round, the first lockdowns. I know Melbourne was hit pretty hard, um, but I just worked the whole way through, and I was just busy. I was really busy last year. Uh, and into the start of this year. So it didn't really affect me personally a lot. So I wasn't really paying attention other than just watching the news every now and again and whatnot. But now that it is sort of a big part of my life, now I'm really starting to pay attention and yeah. and, and figure out, trying to figure out what we're going to do from here because it has affected me professionally and obviously personally as well. But it's been really good to have um, the time off, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, spending it with the kids and at home and sort of getting into things that I wasn't, I didn't have time to do before. So it's been good and bad. Probably yeah. it's been worse in a, in a professional sense, but personally as a in a personal life, it's been really good to just have a bit of time. Yeah. I think, I think what it's done for a lot of us over here and probably all around the world, I'm just going on from when I've talked to friends, it's made you realize and appreciate what you have got. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, we've traveled up. I've, I've been to beach here. What? See on my Instagram most mornings I go to beach. I've probably been to beach more times in last year than I've been in 15 years. I lived here. Yeah. Because you yeah. say, oh, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go tomorrow, and you never do. Yeah. Well, they've shut all the um everything's closed here pretty much. Um, so you can't go to the shopping centers or anything like that. But it's been really nice not to go to the shopping centers and just hang out and buy shit you don't need. You know what I mean? We've been going for walks and it sounds like you guys are about a year behind us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I've been talking to people online and I tell them what's happening here, and they're just thinking. Fuck, we went through that, um, you know, last year. Yeah. When, when I emailed you earlier to say I was running late, it's because we'd been out, uh, dropped my wife off at work, picked up at three, took kids swimming to the swimming pool. Yep. And that was, I was joking saying it's COVID central because obviously you're not wearing masks at the swimming pool. It was even, 80% capacity. I went for fish yeah. and chips after. You know, it's all back yeah. open and you just, you know. But like I said, we've got to live with it. What, you, you can't live on shutdown forever, can you? No, you can't. And it's yeah. getting, it's getting into, um, 
I think it's getting into, well, my daughter's been home from school for about 10 weeks now. So you probably went through a little bit of that with the homeschooling yep. things like that. 20 weeks last year, I think it was. 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so think 20 I think weeks in total they had. They've told us that schools were open towards the end of October. Um, but yeah, it's just real quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not much happening. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, inside. It does sound like you're about a year behind us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but somebody says to me the other day, we'll be having another lockdown in October when it gets cold again. But Really? Yeah, you don't know what's happening, do you? Mm. So moving on from crappy stuff anyway, your story yep. in business, how did you get started? Well, <clears throat> it's a good question. I, um, I painted, I started painting quite a while ago, but in terms of my business, I, uh, I, I was moving around a lot uh, just before I had my daughter and, and uh, my first child and I was going up and down the coast and I, I was doing a little bit of painting before that and I, I wanted to come back to Sydney and um, basically once I knew that I got here, I'm either going to have to work for someone or I'm going to you know make the leap and, and start my own business. So once we got back here, I um, put the wheels in motion and just basically got, got my uh, business registered and everything like that and started. So it was pretty challenging to begin with, especially Sydney's pretty expensive and the struggles just with, you know, having the confidence to go out and, and find work and everything like that. But, you know, I'm glad I did do my own thing. It's been a little bit of up and down, but um, yeah, I'm really glad that I did in the end. Yeah. So I'm assuming when you say Sydney's expensive, it's probably like our North South divide where London's expensive. I've got friends in London and mm-hmm. their hourly rate is nearly double what I'm charging up here, but then the cost of living's expensive down About there. About the same. Well. Yeah. 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 Cost of living is pretty high here. The rents are high. Um, Petrol is always expensive and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It is probably one of the more expensive cities in, uh, cities in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, what's been your lowest point in business? Is it now? <laughs> yeah. Probably, mate, to be honest. Yeah. I think for, you know, I started my business in uh, late 2019. And, um, I think for a lot of the guys that's, that have a, haven't been in business too long, putting a stop to the construction industry as of late has really stopped the momentum in terms of networking with clients and things like that. And I've found that a lot of the relationships that I was sort of building on stagnated a little bit and um, I've sort of fallen out of touch with a lot of people that I, I was building on to get continuous work. Yeah. So it is hard at the moment because now that we've got to get back into it, I don't have a lot of work lined up. Um, and, you know, some people have even been calling me and asking for if I know any painters that are outside particular areas because there's certain areas in Sydney at the moment that, you know, are treated differently to other areas because of the virus. Yeah. So I would say probably now is, is the lowest point. But in saying that at home personally, it's probably one of the best times in the past couple of years. So there's a little bit of balance and, now that I'm getting back into work, I want to sort of get that balance a little bit better with work and life. Cause I think yeah. before the lock, before this most recent lockdown, I was just from one job to the next, you know, stressing out, just run off my wheels really. So now that I'm getting back, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach and try and keep some of that stuff that I've learned yeah. during this last lockdown and apply it to the next couple of years or at least to the next year. So basically get a better work life balance and enjoy yeah, the kids. 100%. And yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A friend of mine said that to me years ago. He was in his sixties. And he says, Whatever you do, don't spend all the hours at work and missing kids grow up. Yeah, I would yeah. I would definitely agree with that. And that's the way it was sort of going before 
before the lockdown because you, you kind of forget and you just want to, you're just so focused on the money and so focused on, um, especially in the early years. I mean, you probably know as well, but you just want to do well. You want to do good painting. Yeah. You want to make good, good contacts and, and you just get so focused on it that you don't really come up for air every, every now and again, which is sort of what the last couple of weeks has been like for us, just coming up for air, regrouping. Um, yeah. I'm actually mm. just finishing this 28 day course on it now. I did the five day and I'm doing this 28 course. I'm on my last week and it is, mm -hmm. it's about routine, getting stuff in perspective, self audit. And one of the hardest questions that you had to do for this, um, for this uh, assignment is you build it on four pillars, health, business, personal development and relationships. And you had to put them in order, which were most important. And mm -hmm. mine's always been business at top. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and when he when he come back with answers, it was so clear. And I looked, and man was upside down because mm. I was of that brain sort of thought of without the business, you haven't got any of the other. Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to have a golden hour to yourself, which I now do in the morning. Uh, and because we, especially men, I mean, I'm not knocking women, but especially men think if you have me time, it's selfish. Mm. But it's saying that if you have me time, it puts you in the best frame of mind and everybody else gets the better version of you. And then 100%. it should be health, family, personal development, then business. Wow. And it makes a hell of a difference. Yeah, definitely. You know, turning yeah, around, realising um, money's not everything. No, it's not. And I found that um, sometimes when you focus on just landing big jobs and, and making as much money as you can, often you shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. and you end up just working the balance between how much you work and how much you're actually making is sort of shifted yeah. and it, it doesn't quite work. I find that when you approach your jobs from a different perspective, sometimes you can make the same amount of money and have a little bit more time as well. Just as yeah. you said, this yeah. is a conversation I have regular. I spoke to a friend about it this week. I see a lot now, not knocking them, expanding advertising for decorators. And I just think I can't be doing with the headache. I'd just mm. rather cut my cloth, sort myself out. Cause I just think, for me, in my head, I've got this figure, you need eight blokes. And you've got to find eight blokes that are reliable, that basically mm. want to be self-employed, but don't want mm -hmm. the hassle of being self-employed, so they're not going to take your work. And right. finding eight blokes like that, or eight, not so much blokes, eight people, should I say, that's hard work, because you need to come off the tools fully to make it worthwhile, because otherwise, you think, yeah, I'm earning all this money, but my Saturday morning, I could spend with wife and kids, I'm spending it so sorting paint out for blokes or sorting mm. this out. And they just think, what's the point? What's the point mm. earning all the money if you're not having the quality of time to spend it? Yeah, there is no point. Yeah, you, you've got to find a, a balance somewhere. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm sort of focusing on, on at the moment. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a little bit quiet as well, so I've got time to do that. But you're exactly right. Mental health, fitness, and yeah. all those other things that sometimes you neglect can uh, be some of the most important things. So are you, are you flying solo? Do you have employees, subbies? Yeah, so at the moment I've got, um, I've actually got a, a new subby starting today, um, but it's been a lot of solo work lately. Yeah. So there was a point in time last year I had five guys um, and that was interesting. But as you said, to find five people that fit the, fit the mold is really, really hard and to pay them enough to make it worthwhile for them I yeah. found really difficult and um, eventually it got to the point where I was just, I was losing control. I was losing quality control and I was just running around too much and trying to do too many things. And it was really affecting 
the painting itself and what we were walking away from. So problems yeah. started to arise. Um, you know, it, it was difficult. And a lot of them were great guys and they were good painters. But to run a crew, you know, I've got so much respect for guys that run crews successfully yeah. because I know how hard it is. It's such a difficult job to do. And as you said, you need to be off the tools 100%. And a lot of the time you're picking up brushes and trying to do things you know, in an afternoon and then in the morning you're running around and fixing up other things. And it just wasn't, it wasn't working. It was working for a period of time, but then it started to, the wheels started to fall off a little bit and I decided to cut it down a little bit. Uh, And then with this latest lockdown, it's sort of everyone stopped and now I'm gearing back up and it's just me at the moment. Now I got a a new subby starting today, so we'll see how that goes, but it's going to be under the pretense that, you know, um, on a more casual sense, Yeah, it's hard to offer anyone um, any consistent work at the moment because you know a lot of it's just not around anymore. I'm, I've I'll, I'll be honest. I've often thought, is it me that's a problem? Because I've yeah, I, I used <laughs> yeah. to have four me blokes, too. and it it was going well, you know. And then I had a bit of a breakdown, got rid of them all, went back on my own, worked with somebody that didn't work out because he stabbed me in the back. I've mm-hmm. had a couple of apprentices, and I've had a young lad, and I just always end up back on my own because the people don't stick to feel bit my mold, and I'm thinking, have I got Am I, am I making it too hard? Mm. Am, I, am I asking too much? And I just think, is it me that's a problem or is it finding people that's a problem? Yeah, I've heard, that, I've heard the same thing from so many painters, how difficult it is to find guys that are willing to work hard for you yeah. um, and do the right thing and also just have a good relationship with you. And it's probably a little bit of both, but it's yeah. just such a difficult thing to do, I've found. And so many other painters have told me that same thing. Yeah. So what's, so what's been your highest point in business so far then? Probably <clears throat> 2020 was, was a good year for me. Um, you know, I was fresh sort of out on my own um, and it, things just seemed to fall into place. So I met a lot of good guys that were giving me some really nice work. We traveled. I took, uh, I took three guys down to Canberra and we painted the British um, – high commission down there. We did some work there that was really fun and it was good to travel for work, you know, just um, doing some really interesting stuff and a little bit of waterproofing as well. So probably 2020 was really good. Things were looking fine. The, the virus situation was, you know, hadn't really affected us that much at that point. Um, and it was just, things were running smoothly. Everyone was sort of getting along. The crew was going good. So that was a good year and everything was really exciting too, because, you know, as I said, it was early on in my sort of painting career and um, in terms of going out on my own. So, yeah, that was probably a high point for me, but it's all yeah. come crashing down in a lot of ways. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, you can if, if, if you're good, you could probably, which I get the impression you are, you could probably build it back up. 100%. It's just going to take yeah. work, you know. Yeah. You know, I think some of us are stuck in a trap, not just work-wise, in personal-wise. We've got too used to sitting at home and making yeah. excuses not to go out and socialise now because of COVID. It's, it's made us almost a bit like, anxious about going out and making an effort and I I can't be asked. That's one of the things, one of the things that I've loved about running my own business is, is networking with, with other people and just sending emails or calls or going to coffee with people or trying to convince people just to sit down with me and talk about work. And I love doing that type of thing. So yeah, that's something that I'm looking forward to get back, getting back into now that, now that we're allowed to work again. Yeah, I know. I, I started the Brothers at Brush Facebook group years ago, and I've got some really good mates through that. That we sometimes yeah. meet up. We, we all went to Germany the other year to, to decorate and show over there. 
Oh, really? It was like a stag do that wasn't a stag do. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we went across there, you know, and I've met some really good mates out of it that I call good friends. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good relationships to be built out of it. Yeah, there is. And that's, that's yeah, as I said, that's the exciting thing for me. Yeah. Um, it keeps it sort of fresh, you know what I mean, when you're a little bit nervous and you've got a little bit of a challenge or you're trying to make get new avenues of work. It always keeps it keeps it sort of fresh and new. So yeah. I try and do things like that. Um, you know, I think after a while, if you're just painting the same thing or doing the same types of jobs with the same types of people, you can get a little bit boring and a little switch bit stagnant. Off. And yeah, you yeah, switch off a little bit. Off. And yeah. yeah, you just rock up, you do your thing and you go home. But I think it's always important to remember to push yourself a little bit. So yeah. now's a good opportunity to do that. So, so what do you think you could improve on? If there was anything that you could think, yeah, that needs more work. Um, I think, as we were saying, probably finding guys to help me out that that I can hold on to, yeah, and somehow figure out a way to um to sort of make it worthwhile for fellas to to work with me and for me, yeah, um, and have them happy. I, I sort of struggled with that a little bit. Um, I just. I started spraying recently, so I'm going to, uh, which is sort of might sound strange to a lot of painters, but uh, I've just got my own sprayer. So I want to sort of improve on finding different methods and techniques in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're probably the two main things that, that I need to work on, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, back to the staff, it's a very fine target you hit because you want somebody that's, I've, I've got a friend of mine, he used to work with me, he now works for a company. But he had a week's mm. holiday. When we were talking pre-record, I'd been on holiday and Andy come in and did a job for me. And it's like the best of both of him. It's like he's self-employed because he come in, uh, all the paint was in my porch. He picked it up, did three days, uh, dropped the paint off and got paid. And it's like mm. the best of both because it's like he's self-employed and I don't bother him. It's, yeah. I, I just messaged him and saying, everything all right? He'll put back, yeah, we're all fine. All good. Yep. Leave it at that. Bring customer up when it's done. Job all right. Yeah, get paid off it. It's best of both for him. Because he's got the freedom yeah. without having to chase the money, look at jobs, sort everything out. It just turns up, doesn't it? And, but you're trying to find enough people of them that'll come and work for you is a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's been a massive struggle, to be honest. Yeah. And sometimes I've given guys a shot um, that probably, you know, weren't where they needed to be. Yeah. And, um, and in the end of the day, I sort of shot myself in the foot in that regard because we had some issues. And I've had great guys as well. I've had guys that, but as you said, I can just leave and and they can just do their thing and they take the responsibility of a job on and, and they're sort of working with you. Yeah. But keeping them afloat is really difficult as well and, and just finding enough money to keep, the, to, to keep them happy. And, you know, you want to pay you guys enough money to, for it to be worthwhile for them too. Yeah. And sometimes that can be a struggle. So, yeah, it's a balancing act yeah. and it's something that, that I'm still trying to deal with and, and still trying to figure out. So. Bit of a superficial one, this one, because it's 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 different for everybody. When did you realise you'd made it? Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't I definitely haven't made it. Um yeah. but I, I think when I started my business in 2019, it had been such a long road to that point that in itself that was a big moment where I had sort of taken that step. And I would say that that was probably when I had made it in in a sense. Um you know, I'm a long way from being a super successful painter and I've got, I've got a long way to go. I'm sort of at the start of my journey in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the fact that I took that 
step to start my own business. You know, I was really, really happy that that, that happened. And I, uh, I'm really glad that I did. So where do you see JGW in five, 10 years? Well, I think like a lot of painters, I, I hope that there's a lot of work around. Um, you know, as we've been talking about having a little crew, I want to have a, you know, the plan is to have a little crew of guys that, that all work well together and that all respect the trade um, and that want to learn. You know, that's something that I always try and do is I, no matter how much I think I know, I, I always, you know, try to stay humble and remember that there's a lot more that I can learn about the trade. So I hope I'm still learning in five, 10 years, but obviously I hope that financially things are going um, well and that I've got probably six to 12 months of work booked out. That's been a little bit of struggle of mine is consistently locking in enough work to not have to worry too much about the next couple of months ahead. Yeah. Often, oftentimes I've just gone from job to job to job and, you know, I've had periods of time where um, it's Friday and I've got nothing for Monday. And then on the weekend, you know, things will just come through. I mean, you, yeah. you probably know all about it, but. I had that in last recession. That, that was yeah. when I had that. It was like, you'd be working this week thinking, shit, what am I going to do next week? And then you'd get little yeah. scraps because somebody would throw you a job that was a room that was three days. And yep. whereas now you think three days, then you think it's fucking godsend, lifesaver. A hundred percent. Another bill I can pay. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's been a lot of that for me, you know, and I used to really stress out about when I first started, I used to get so worried and stressed about where is the next job going to come from. But I don't know if it's the painting and decorating gods just shining down, but something would always come up, you know, whether it was my own sort of going out and calling people and finding things that, that made it happen or whether it was something else, but you know, something would always come up and maybe have a couple of days off here and there. But yeah. I think if you just power on and just keep, keep trying and keep pushing, I don't get as, as worried anymore. I just, I just try and do my best and I know that something will probably come through. Have you, have you ever had the urge to go employed and think Either. it's less stress and you'll go and work for somebody else? Yeah, mate, every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do think that. And, uh, you know, when I first got back to Sydney, uh, you know, three years ago, I went up and down, up and down the coast, moving f- sort of around and lived in Canberra for a little bit. But when I first landed back here, I actually did work for another guy before I started my own business. And, uh, it was a good reminder why I didn't want to do that because you run into some crews that, you know, and that's the other side of the coin. You know, you want to find people that, that can work with you, but you also, I understand what it is to be a good employee and a good painter. And I also understand what it is like a lot of painters, what it's like to have a boss that's, you know, an absolute knob. Yeah. So (laughs) I do think about it sometimes, but now that I've gone out on my own, I don't think I'll I'll ever go back. Hopefully. I I tried it again eight years ago when when the wife was pregnant with little lad. I lasted six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think once you've tasted the other side, mate, there's no going back. It, it was a mentality, some of what you guys are called crews, what we'd call, you know, other blokes. It was just mentality. You know, I yeah. couldn't work with it. And I just thought, I can't be doing with it. I'd rather mm. have nothing or go and do a total different job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I just backed my work up, like damned it back up and then just, you know, I was, I was telling, I was white lying to my customers, saying, yeah, I'm busy for so-and-so, I can't fit you in. And I just got to a point where I was backing it up and backing it up. And I just said, look, to other half, I'm just going to have to go back on my own. And wing yeah. it. I think I went back on my own with three weeks work and never looked back. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and once- I, I think it just changed the way I worked as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, it just made me tweak it. I think that's when I got into systems. Probably looking back now, that's when I got into systems and organizing and stuff. 
Yep. Because I thought this is what people are wanting. You know, yep. I, I, I found my lane and what sort of customer suits me and targeted it and stuck with that. Yeah, right. Interesting. You know, it seemed to help. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah. you know, financially as well, obviously it, it can be better and it can be a lot worse too. But once you get a handle on all the things that need to take place to run your own business, you sort yeah. of understand a little bit more. And whether you're working for someone else or working for yourself, for me anyways, it was always better to do my own thing because yeah. I the think potential I doing, is a lot higher. I think I was, when I was employed, I was having to do seven days work to earn what I was earning on five on my own. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, yep. I mean, don't get me wrong, the money was there. First thing Friday yeah. morning, it was in my bank. Never had a problem getting paid off company. It was just the mentality. And I just thought, I can't work with people like that. It's, you know, they just don't give a shit attitude. Not my problem. Yeah. You know, no And that's teamwork. the trade-off. Yeah. Sometimes you, um, you know, when you run your own business, this, the stress of not knowing when, when the money's going to come in is yeah. sort of the trade-off that you pay. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice, it is nice to get yeah. to a Friday and it just lands in your bank account. That's all We good. can make plans, can't you? Think, well, we can go away that weekend because I know I'm getting paid. That was yeah. my thought process. I couldn't, I could plan my life out. Yeah. You know, I, before I you, are, you, you asked me what, you know, about lowest points, I remember some periods of time where I had, you know, four or five guys working for me and I had to come up with wages, you know, that week and I had absolutely nothing. And, you know, I needed to come up with, you know, whatever it was, yeah, up up somewhere close to ten thousand dollars or something like that, including bills and or even more. And I just had nothing coming in. Uh, you know, jobs weren't finished. I was chasing chasing other money, and those those nights where I had to come up with so much money was just so stressful and so. You rob it, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Exactly right. Yeah, and <laughs> just you know, whenever I took on guys, I never wanted to make people wait for money. Uh, you know, yeah. I think that's part of the responsibility that's you take on when you run your own that. business. Yeah. 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 So I would often pay guys. You know, I would get money from other places to make sure that people that worked for me had their pay at the end of the week, and I think that's really important. But they were some, you know, I say dark times, but they weren't. You know, it's all. I, I, it's all I think anybody well, but... that's employed blokes, if they're being honest, they've all been there. I've. I've... 100%. I, when I had four blokes work for me, I can remember working for one house builder, national house builder, and the paper trail was 10 weeks. Um, uh, and it was one bank holiday. I'd paid everyone, paid all the taxes. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was sort of single. I, I lived on my own, but I was dating. And I remember it was a bank holiday. And I think, I think it might have been Good Friday, so it was like a long bank holiday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was sat at home watching telly for four days, just me and the dog, because I didn't have a penny in my pocket after I paid everyone else. Yeah, right. I thought, screw this. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, I paid. Yeah. Well, I didn't like keeping blokes waiting, so I paid them before I paid myself. 100%. You know, which yeah. is, to me, it's still the right thing to do, but I just thought I'd rather, <laughs> rather have no blokes now. Yeah. You know, so I just filtered yeah. it off after that. So it's. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's important. So if, if, so if you could go back to the young Jack or the younger Jack that's traveling about or anybody that's starting out and give some advice, what advice would you give them? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I found a lot of the struggles of starting your own painting firm is, uh, a lot of the lessons are in the mistakes. So it's hard to sort of say, you know, what advice you'd give someone to not do things. Cause a lot of the mess ups I've had have been the biggest learning curves, but probably something that I would focus on is, is building good relationships with people, whether it's um, 
employees, you know, as we've been speaking about, but especially clients. I think it's super important to focus on the relation, the interpersonal relationships between yourself and clients and not so much chase jobs because you think you're going to make it, you know, a bucket of money and just take it and run. I've done that before and I've thought, you know, I've I've just done jobs and I've focused so much on the money that I've, I've burnt a few bridges and lost a few relationships, not in a bad way, but just, I haven't maintained them. And the the ones that I have maintained, they might've started out with me making, you know, not great money, but they've turned into relationships that I can rely on, especially in times like now with the lockdown, the people that you can call and ask for work or ask for help. You you might be earning that bit less. You might be earning $50 a day less working for that job, but you know, they're always going to be there and they're going to be a regular customer. 100%. 100%. And that's the biggest advice I'd give to, to someone sort of starting out is work on those relationships because they're the relationships that, that as you said, they end up being so valuable more than the 50 bucks that you're going to make, you know, yeah. the first time that you meet them or the first job you do for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I've had friends that have jumped ship for a job that pays, you know, 500 quid a week more and they've, they've left a job and they've sort of walked off it and not gotten back because yep. you bet, like say, you burnt a bridge. You know, yep. you've lost the trust for a job that's a one-off. Yeah. You know, it's, and you think it's, it's great. And then, you know, long-term. two weeks goes by or three weeks goes by, or you might run out of work and you've got no one to call. Yeah. So that was, that's, that understanding that has been really valuable for me. And early on, I didn't really, that wasn't my perspective. I was just thinking, how can I make the most money in the shortest amount of time? So I probably would have in those early days, you know, build those relationships a bit better. So I reckon that's probably good advice. Yeah. So are you a techie person? I am at home for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am at home at work. Not so much. I don't really, I don't really use a lot of tech at work, to be honest. I've just got, um, I, as I said before, I've got a new spray gun, but it doesn't have the, um, the apps or anything attached to it. And I don't think I'd use them anyways. Um, I do use, Google Maps to get around, which is, you know, obviously everyone does. But um, it's an interesting question because I remember back in the early days of painting, I would write down my directions to jobs on a bit of paper yeah. at home and then I'd put them in the car and I'd be reading on the way to work, always late, obviously. But having Google Maps, especially when I had a few guys working for me and I had to go from job to job to job, it's so easy just to chuck it in and not have to worry about anything like that. So that was sort of new to me. But yeah, I don't, I'm not really techy at work, to be honest. I, I use Google Maps even if I'm only going 10 miles. Yeah, I know. Just, and you just start for to, traffic you, alert, so I'm not going to be late. <laughs> yeah, and you start to forget how to drive, really. You know, yeah. even somewhere you should know where it is. Without your Google Maps, you don't know where it is. Well, it's like that old one, isn't it? How many phone numbers can you remember now? I'm actually all right with that, but yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm not, because I've got lazy. Years yeah, ago, yeah. you'd remember, I know my own two numbers. I couldn't even tell my wife's phone number. I know it's yeah. 965, because yeah. you just get lazy because it's stored in your phone. Yeah, we can rely on it a bit too much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's pretty old school with me at work. Pots and brushes, yeah. trays and rollers. My spray gun's probably, you know, the most advanced thing that I've got going on. Yeah. So are you, are you a bit of a, do you do any personal development, like book reading? Any recommendations there? Yeah, so I uh, I haven't read many books lately because of a time thing. I listen to a lot of audio books and a lot of podcasts, yep. especially working by myself 
you know, I put the earphones in and I'm listening to them all day and music as well. But um, Mark Boris's book, he's a, he's a, um, an Australian sort of small business advocate and entrepreneur, and he runs some pretty big businesses over here, but he's got a book called what it takes from 2013. And he's got another book he just brought out called rise um, that I I've just started, but I, I haven't, um, I haven't finished it yet, but for me, for someone that's starting out in business, they've been really valuable because it's just common language. Uh, it's not too complicated. And he yeah. gets into sort of the nuts and bolts of how to run a business and what to look out for and, and things like that. And he's just a really good guy too. So they're probably two books that I would definitely recommend. I used to do a lot of running as well um, and stay, stay on top of my fitness that I, more than I have been lately. But there's a book called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall that's really good um, if you're into running. I know, you know, it's sort of an acquired taste, but that's really interesting. It's one of those books that you read and you, and you just want to go out running as soon as you put it down. So yeah. that's really is, good. Is he the bloke that went on the vegan diet and went running? Or am I thinking of another bloke? Um, I don't think he's a vegan. He went over to, he went to Mexico and ran with, um, I believe they're called the Ta'amu'ara, if that's right. I might've pronounced that wrong, but they're a sort of a tribe and they run barefoot Yeah, and they have, um, one of the longest races in history and they have a strange diet and there's a big history with running in their culture. And it's sort of almost like a spiritual practice as opposed yeah. to just, just running. And they're really interesting. And he sort of just embeds himself in their community and runs with them and um, tells their story a little bit, but it's, re- it's just a really good book. Yeah. Sounds pretty good mm. book. Does that? Yeah. Born to run. Definitely yeah. recommend it for anyone into running. Yeah. Cool. So, What's the best advice you could give for selling yourself that sets you apart? That's a tricky one. Um, I've, I've got a few notes, but I think one thing that I focus on is just being polite, um, being friendly, and being empathetic with everyone that you come across. Yeah. And just being generally, to, to put it in just to a few words, just being a nice person. Don't Um, be a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be a dick. I think you can forget that a lot of the time when you're wrapped up in everything, but I I sort of use tactically use uh, my personality in that way. And we were speaking before about building relationships. You know, I really focus on trying to build a healthy relationship with people. And I think that does actually set me apart a little bit. Um, in the landscape, because there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people that don't, you know, it might be really, it's a really simple thing to say, be nice, be polite, but a lot of people I find overlook that. And it's such a simple thing. And I've found the response that I get from clients just for being, you know, nice, friendly, maybe take going a little bit into their personal life slightly. It's really, people really appreciate it. And it's almost as if they, they don't experience that from trades and from other painters. Yeah. And I've seen it as well. You know, a lot of painters that don't really have that ability to build that relationship. And I think that it shoots them in the foot in a lot of ways. So I, I focus on that a lot. Yeah. Other than that, um, you know, I don't, I don't put myself above other painters in a lot of ways. You know, I've always got a lot to learn and I'm always trying to learn. So that's probably the main thing. I try and focus on my communication as well. Um, it's always something that I think is really important and something, another thing that I've found that clients really appreciate is, is clear communication and just yeah. uh, trying to work with them. Yeah. 
I've, I've always mm. said communication is key. You can, you can get a, a, a customer to bend a lot yep. or be flexible as long as you communicate with them. You'll find most exactly. quite happy to be, you know, 12 power if you're flexible, you know, if you communicate with them. Yep. You know, and it's a hard skill. It's on. something that you need to work on it. I found, yeah. you know, you do need to constantly try and get better at just uh, getting across your opinions and, and, and working with clients in a lot of ways. It, it does take a little bit of work. Again, it's a really simple thing. Um, but if you maintain it and you work at it, you can get better at it. Yeah. So that's something that I'm always trying to do. I, I, if, if I've got any text to send to customers to let them know I'm running late, instead of thinking, oh, shit, I've got to message Mrs. Smith. She ain't going to be happy. I go up and I do it at 8 o'clock in the morning. Or as soon as I, I mean, not always 8 because I start at 8, but first chance I get, I do it and just get it done out at way. Yeah. Because it doesn't yep. matter when you do it. If you think it's going to be crap, it's going to be crap, but you might as well get it done out at way and forget yep. about it. Yeah, you know, rather than dwell on it all day because it just makes it even worse. A lot of the time that, you know, whether if you've got a problem or if you're going to be late or if you've forgotten something, the client won't care about the actual thing, but they do care if you let them know. Yeah. So a lot of the time, if you don't let them know, you know, that can build up over time with a job and then you, it starts to affect the relationship between you and them. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, it's better just to bite the bullet and do things like that. Yeah. So where do you see the trade heading? Um, I've got high hopes for the, for the trade. I, you know, I often, I often used to think, I wonder if this trade will be superseded by, you know, technology and things like that. And my perspective's changed a little bit on that. I think it's, I don't think it's going anywhere in, you know, in a general sense. Um, I see a lot of great painters out there, a lot of young guys like myself sort of starting out and I've got, you know, I got high hopes for the trade. It's hard to say where I see it's heading because I'm learning so much every day about the trade and, and where it's come from. Um, but I hope it just goes on, you know, the way I, I do. One thing I do hope is that painters continue to build a respect within the industry and from, you know, the population at large and they get the financial support, you know, and they can charge things that they they can charge the amount of money that they're worth because I think yeah. painters and decorators are definitely worth every penny, but a lot of the times they get left behind in a lot of ways. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're undervalued, but over here, undervalued. Yes, over here we've been seen as bottom up pile for a long while. With yeah. all the other trades are superior, but where the yes. finishing trade? Chris, give me one second. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Toilet duties. You can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm where were we? That in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, where were we? Remind me. Where, where we see the trade heading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think undervalued is a good way to put it. Um, yeah. I want to see painters, you know, I want to see painters making a lot of money. I think, they're, I think they're really good at what they do when they are good at it, and I think they can make the biggest difference to, to a lot of jobs. And they do great work. You know, I'm so impressed with so much of the work that I see um, out there. You know, when you come across a good painter, it's, it's a, you know, obviously it is a thing of art, so... 
I hope they get what they deserve. Yeah, there's some good paints out there. It's just sometimes a bit of bickering and politics involved in it all, but... We'll yeah, there is a little bit of that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Save that for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, but it's just a shame people can't just put stuff aside and think, yeah, I just go on Instagram now, scroll down. If someone's done a nice job, I like it. You yeah. know, it's, it's not a personal thing. You've done a good job. I show appreciation. I like it. Yeah, exactly right. And but, I think sometimes, you know, painters can, um, there's like a, there's a little bit of secrecy around the trade in, in a lot of ways. And personally, I think that, it's good to just learn off each other. So, you know, I don't, I don't understand any of the bickering between painters, but I just try and learn from everyone I come across. Yeah. Yeah. Just take something to their table. If you, if you're asking for something from theirs, you take something with you. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite product or paint paraphernalia that you currently use? Um, I've been using the Norjo, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but their product line of patches and things, I'm really happy with them lately. Um, Berger Gold Label Ceiling Flat is always on my jobs. I think that's a great product. Is, is that what um, we call an emulsion for flat ceilings? Yes, exactly yeah. right. So there's a, there's a few options, obviously, when it comes to ceiling flats, but that's been, um, and it's such a, you know, ceiling flat. It's just a whatever, you know, it's used tons of it but I've tried a few different ones and uh, I always stress out about my ceilings and I want to make sure they're, they're really good. I enjoy painting ceilings. So the Berger gold label um, flats always been good for me and I'm really happy with it. So I'm, I'm, I'll always get it. Um, as I said before, I just bought a Graco 390 PC spray gun. I don't know if you would consider that paraphernalia, but. Of course it is. Yeah. That's. um. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. That's probably the favorite thing that I've that I've bought in a long time. Yeah. I'm really excited to have sort you, have of have you had a chance to use it yet? Yeah, yeah. I just started using it on uh Thursday last week. Yeah. And uh when I head in this morning, I'll be um firing it up and ready to go. It's it's uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of spraying. Um, you know, I've done a little bit here and there, but I haven't really ever dived into it a lot. And I'm really excited to get into the ins and outs of the gun and what I can do with it. Yeah. So what is, what is it? Just basically get a bash on the job, and if you cock up, sort it out. Say it again. So what's so what's what's your what's your method with that? Just go in and give it a try, and then sort of work. Oh out yeah, and then they, if yeah. if something goes wrong, yeah, just sort it out. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty lucky actually. I'm the job I'm on at the moment is a giant warehouse, 500 square yeah. foot. Oh, perfect. Bigger, so yeah, and I'm yeah. it'll just be me and another bloke. So I'm going to get in there and just go crazy, and hopefully it don't ruin anything. Is it breeze block wall? <laughs> Uh, it's like polished concrete. Yeah. Oh, so it's well, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like polished sort of semi-polished concrete yeah. and it's completely empty. So it's perfect. Get the radio going, fire up the gun. Yeah. Oh, best way to learn. Yeah. I'm a bit late to the party with the, with the whole spraying thing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on Instagram and the things you can do with it is amazing. Like I totally understand why people are, you know, so focused on that at the moment because they're, they're just so handy and you can do so much with them. So I'm really excited to start the, to use them wherever I can. It can be fun as well. If you get it right, it's fun. It's like playing, isn't it? Exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Big boy yeah. toys. Yeah, boy toys. <laughs> yeah, boys toys. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you yourself have an end game or an exit plan out of it or are you just basically going to keep going till they drop? I don't want to keep going until I drop for sure. Um, you know. 
<laughs> That's no. my plan. <laughs> no. Is it? Yeah well, yeah, well, it's because I cocked up and planned poorly in the first place. Yeah, right. Yeah, a few yeah. issues along the way. It's given me no option. Yeah. 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 Um, end game. Well, I don't, you know, I don't have a plan exactly mapped out, but I do hope at some point I can step away from the job site and maybe work in a more managerial role or something like that. Um, you know, I've done, I don't really do a lot of classic domestic work. You know, I do do some, but I have found a lot of interest in doing work you know, custom jobs or working in uh, retail stores and things like that. So, and they pay pretty well. So maybe, you know, down the track, I can focus on a little bit more of the artistic side of things. Um, but I do hope that at some point, you know, I've just got, a, you know, a crew of guys that I can support and um, maybe I could step away from the tools. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So- I see a lot of guys that just, you, you kind of get stuck in the trade, you know, and you, you get to, I see them getting a little bit bitter in a lot of ways and I don't want to end up, you know, just sort of chasing my tail. (laughs) (laughs) No, mate. (laughs) You got a smiling face. I can tell you love the trade. I I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, I'm getting grumpy, but that's old age. Yeah. I do get a bit grumpy sometimes and see me ass as I say, but that's, that's just an age thing, I think, but I'll just go to, I I do love it. You know, so much as some days I think, I do love it. Otherwise I won't be doing this. I won't be sat yeah. out for hours talking about paint, would I? Yeah, otherwise you'd be mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there any takeaways you can give the listener? Um <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not I try not to offer too much advice, like and tell people how to do things. I think that's a tricky sort of area. But you know, if I was gonna say anyone listening that um that is looking to become a painter or is is a painter and is sort of in the early days, I I think it's important to respect the trade. Um, we are beneficiaries of the trade and, and there's such a big history with painting and decorating. And it's one thing that I'm coming to learn when you respect the trade in that way, you can learn so much more. Like there are points in time when you can think you're, you know, the best painter or you can think you're the king of the scene and you're doing so well and you're making all this money. But the painters that I've found that really have a lot of knowledge to impart are the ones that just respect the trade as something that they are a part of and it's not yeah. all about them. And they're the ones that I've learned so much off and often they're the ones that are doing really well as, as well. Yeah. So that's something important to me. I try and, you know, I'll try and learn a little bit about, about, about the trade. And as you said, where's it going? Where's it come from? And where do I fit into that? That's probably something that I do that I reckon a lot of painters could probably benefit from. I've, I've um, always told there's always somebody bigger, always somebody better. Hundred percent, and that applies to you know every yeah. part of life, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the best there's bigger and there's better everywhere. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, I think walking away, you know, it's it sort of relates to that as well. But just caring, caring about what you're putting out there is so important. Just care about what you're leaving behind when you walk away from a job. Sometimes it's hard, you know, a lot of other things come into play with financials and getting to the next job or whatever. But if you can care about your actual painting, you know, if you're painting a door yeah. or you're painting a, you know, a wall or whatever, I found that it just works so much better when you actually genuinely care about how it looks when you're going to walk away. And the yeah. guys that don't care, they don't last long. Yeah. I find that helps on big jobs because sometimes if you're on a big job and you're on your own, you lose track of sight. So I break it down into bite-sized nuggets. 
yeah. and I plan it out in my diary what to do because otherwise you just lose sight and you're just focusing on end and getting paid yeah 100% you, you start letting your standards slip but I just break it down into bite-sized chunks per day yep and just sort of munch your way through it till you get to end it, yeah it's and that's not the, as overwhelming yeah and it can get overwhelming I've done some pretty big jobs with just myself and you end up just chasing your tail the whole day and not actually getting yeah. anything done and then when you do get things done that's you know subpar quality breaking it down into little chunks is a really good way to handle it yeah especially in quoting as well if you want to if you want to quote a big job and you're trying to think how the fuck am I going to quote this it's too it's too much to handle just break everything down into small little pieces and yeah. work on your times from that yeah yeah it's good advice is that yeah, yeah. policy advice so room 101 style I don't even think you guys would get this program over there. No, nah, but I get. I think. I think I know the concept. Yeah, three things you'd bin because they annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a good question. Plastic pots. I don't know if yeah. you guys use plastic pots over there. Yeah, we we call them kettles. Any kettles. any pot you work out of, you pour your painting out to your main pot to work out. It's called. For some reason we call them kettles. Don't know why. Yeah, you right, get yeah. metal ones. Yep. And then you get the metal round ones, and then you get the ones that are tapered up metal. They're called the Yorkshire Yorkshire kettle, as far as I know. And then yeah, you get right the there. plastic ones. And the plastic yeah, ones, plastic. I use them with water-based paint, acrylics, yep. but oil-based paint, I'm still old school and like a metal kettle. Yeah, well, we just get the four-liter tins and yep. just cut the top rim out with yep. your hook, hook scraper, yep. and then you just use that. Um, but I hate plastic pots. I've seen, you know, a lot of people use them and they're probably, they're fine. Great painters use plastic pots, but I found a lot of the guys that, that aren't too great, just they use plastic pots. So they kind of annoy me. Yeah. (laughs) And they just get the build up of paint and the top rim there just gets too much and they're just harder to keep clean. So, yeah. Um, So I would probably get rid of them. We we have a thing and every painter knows it over. If you can peel it out, it won't go. It's just like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Say say we roll a scuffle or, you know, roll a tray. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that feeling when you give it out in one go. Yeah, that's a good yeah. feeling. Go on, then the, two perks, more. The, the perks of being a painter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trays with no handles. So I'm keeping it pretty simple and pretty basic yeah. for these for these questions, but trays with no handles. I've been on jobs and guys will rock up with a tr- trays that don't have handles. And now there is trays that don't have handles that are yeah. good, but there's a particular type of tray that I'm talking about. And it's just a surefire way to tell that someone isn't interested and they don't really know what they're doing. The and I things. think that, yeah, the little things, and they get kicked over so easily and they're always messy. And I don't know what, you know, that's like a DIY product, really. They sell yeah. them at, they don't, you don't really get them from the, uh, well, you can get them from the paint shop, but I'm sure a lot of them don't sell. But if you're going to have a tray, you need a handle to get around the house or wherever you're working. Yeah. Well, then third one. Third one, mandatory steel caps. Um, a lot of the work I've done in the past, we've had to wear steel cap boots on site. And I'm sure that you probably, I don't yeah. know if you got that over there, but you probably yeah. have to do that too. It yeah, does my head in. I don't do commercial. So it's, I've, st- I've got a pair, but it's yeah. really a bother with them. Yeah, they seem to be real stringent with it over here. Um, but I just think it's, it's a, just annoying. It hurts your feet. Yeah. They just get too messy. And it's, uh, you're not nimble enough sometimes to get around on job sites. Do you find you catch your toes, you know, when you're going up a step. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kick things. They're just big and clunky. Uh, you know, I don't know. It might be my own uh, stupidity, but I find I paint better when I'm just comfortable. So sometimes it's, it's that when you've got an ardat on, annoying. the amount of times you crack your head when you've got an ardat on. Yeah, exactly. But it's like you're not accounting for that extra couple of inches on top of your head. 
Yeah, and I don't yeah. think I've ever dropped a, a drum of paint on my foot ever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but that's just the way it is. So I'd get rid of them. Yeah. So just give me sneakers. Throw, so just to throw a curveball in, where do you stand on brushes? What are your favorite brushes? Because you guys over there, you're smashing it out with brushes at the moment. You've probably got some of the best choice of brushes going. Yeah, I use Monarch a lot yeah. of Monarch. Yeah. Um, they're sash cutters, and uh, I find the the advanced range is really good. I've been using a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I, w- I, I think my, my car's just full of them, basically. I haven't done a lot of shopping around um, in terms of brushes. It's probably something that I should try, but I'm so happy with the Monarchs that yep. I don't really feel the need to try anything else at the moment. We, we need one of the trade suppliers over here to start shipping them in. I'm surprised you don't get them nobody's there. jumped on it. We, we, had a, we used to have home base. Mm-hmm. which is like a, a big box store, DIY store, and there was bought out by, oh, what's your big store over there? Bunnings. Yep. And yeah. they used to stock Monarchs. <laughs> right. They sold it off two years ago, and if you're going home base, sometimes you can pick them up because they're clearing the warehouse out. And right. I've, I must have about 13 garage, and I've paid about £5 each for them. Really? And... Uh, loads of decorators I know love them, but they struggle to get them. I've even bought them and posted them out to them. Got yeah, them right. So I'll get okay. me five of them, get me five of them and posted them. Yeah, interesting. Because they're out well, let me get... know, mate. I can send you some. Yeah, yeah. but have you seen your postage? There's a lot, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, sent, <laughs> a, I sent a box of biscuits over to Spokes over there. Yeah. It, it was about, what, 12 inches square, 45 quid. Really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, don't know yeah. why. I mean, yeah, opposite end of Earth. Yeah. The postage says, but they're ridiculous. Yeah. That's I, I crazy. reckon if I was to start trading in monarch brushes, I'd have to spend about five thousand pounds to make it worth. That's interesting that they're um they don't send them over there or stock them anywhere. They definitely should get on that. They're great brushes. I love yeah. them. And they've got a range, you know, they've got different yeah. ranges and things like that. And they're all, you know, I haven't I've, had problems with any of them. I've got them, I've got the advanced, the regular ones. I've got the a friend of mine put me onto the the like the oval ones, but the handles long and round on it. Yep, yep. Oval um, cutters. Yep, and then I've got a skirting and architrave brush that's slash cut, red tipped, and it has like scallop out to each side of handle. Yep, they're quite. Yeah, I got good. one of them. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Uh, the Razorbacks are pretty average. They're all right in oil based paints. Yep, uh, but they seem old fields seem to have taken off here more than Monarchs. Hmm. Which is another okay. Aussie brush. They seem to be more popular over here. Yeah, right. They, they, um, they've got a range of brushes that's like they're really cheap, and I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure why, but I have I've sort of stayed away from them because you just look at the price and you think, well, that can't be any good. Well, the, over here they've got some that are sort of like on a par quality wise with the Monarchs with the Advance. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, but they seem to be shipping them over by the truck full. So we can't. Yeah, get I need. I need to do a little bit of um exploring in terms of brushes and things like that because i sort of get once i find something i like i stick with it yeah um and then you know it's working for me at the moment but yeah i wouldn't mind trying a a few different brands yeah cool so Mm. where can we find you on social media you can find me chris at jgw painting on um instagram i've got a facebook page i've got a linkedin page as well so jgw painting that'll get to all of those yeah um or Contact wise, my email address, jgwpaintingprojects at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we're getting to the last few now. Your hobbies outside of work. Obviously, your kids take up a fair bit of time. 
Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They take up a lot of the time, but, um, I do painting at home. Um, you know, sort of in an artistic sense. You know, I was just going to say, I'm sure that's artistic and not just painting your own house. No, I'm not just repainting walls in my kitchen or ceilings or anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I really enjoy working with paint, you know, so I've yeah. been painting since I was a kid. So i got some aerosols at home that I muck around with and brushes and everything like that and mixing colours. So I paint a lot at home, which is, you know, sometimes I, um, I don't have the time, obviously, with the kids, so I spend a lot of time with them. I do a little bit of writing as well. I really enjoy writing. Um, good exercises just to keep your mind healthy. Yeah. Um, reading when I can, a lot of audio books, um, and I try and focus on my health a little bit when I can. I, ha- I haven't been lately, to be honest, um, but I do try and uh, make some time, sort of yeah. take care of my health. So, so with all those things in mind, that probably that sucks up, you know, yeah. basically 24 yeah. hours in a day. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, well, you probably able to get less than that with your sleeping as well, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're like me, and my sleep's about five, six hours. That's hard. <coughs> yeah, I get about six hours a night. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you digging on Insta and social media at the moment? Um, there's a guy over here who's really good. His name's uh, Andrew. He runs a company called Andrew's Complete Painting, um, and he's on Instagram. Again, like we were talking about before, um, you know, looking at other painters. Instagrams and having a look at their work and, and, and the value in that. But Andrew's been a, uh, he's been really helpful to me. And I think his, uh, his painting's really good quality and it does stand out from a lot of the painters, in my opinion. Uh, he does a lot of work that's just really fresh and nice to see and really pleasing. So I'm digging him on Insta. There's another guy called Brent Seach. He does a lot of work with porters. I don't know if you guys get porters over there. No, but I've, uh, I've done a podcast with Brent. Have you? Yeah, real nice bloke. Oh, I should listen to him. Yeah, yeah, we did a podcast together about a month ago. Yeah, right. eh? Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, he's he's, he's really good. (laughs) We've got a bit of a backlog on that release yet, but yeah, I've done one. Yeah, really. His page is really good. Yeah, his um his his work's really nice too. Yeah, nice. It's got that sort of artistic, you know, flair to it, and he does a lot of work. It does a bit of the polished pasta stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, you, you don't see heaps of it, you know, as yeah. well. So it's good I, to see when someone's really good at it. starting to take off a bit over here. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's getting a bit more popular. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love all the decorative the decorative guys that are just so impressed with their work. Yeah. I wish I could do half of it. Yeah. Cool. And um, Yeah, so those two, man. Um, yeah, there's, you know, I look, a lot, I look at a lot of... Um, artists and things like that on Instagram as well. But in terms of painting and decorating, I would definitely check those two guys out. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's, um, it's been brilliant to have you on. I think all round, you've probably been one of the most prepared guests I've had on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I, um, I it probably nervous. helps because you're doing your own, so you've got the full setup at your end. Yeah. I understand when someone, you know, I've just learned recently when someone comes on your podcast, it's, it's good if they have a little bit to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I hope it's been all right for you, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate brilliant. you having me on. Yeah. I've um, I've enjoyed your podcast, man. I'm really, I'm glad that I found them and they've really been keeping me company at work. It's good to hear other people's stories yeah, um, in the painting and decorating industry. So keep it up, man. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. I appreciate that. No worries. Cheers. Cheers, Jack. You've been a star. All right, man. I'll talk cheers. to you soon. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts as we delve into people's lives and stories whether it be the ups, downs, wins and losers. We've all been there in some shape or form and we aren't alone. 
I'd really appreciate it if you're enjoying these, if you could show your support by subscribing, sharing, and maybe even leaving us a cheeky review on iTunes. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.